Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the My Good Thing podcast, where we get real with single and married Christians, answering the questions that come up when you're looking for a good thing. I'm your host, Nina, and I've been single with a desire to be married for 10 amazing years. So I got a little bit to say. If you want to be encouraged by the stories, struggles, wins, and advice of single and married Christians, keep listening. Instagram is the new dating app for, for sure. We'll say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. And I think my heart has changed <laughs> about Instagram, DMing, dating, getting reached out. I think originally, I, I don't know why, I felt shame originally that we met on Instagram. Yeah, he did not hmm. like telling our story. Um, I think in a way, I felt maybe this was like, an extreme old school hat on I had on but I was like if you don't meet in person it ain't real <laughs> but the Lord really showed me the beauty of our our us meeting and our interaction how and how divine it was because she hit me up and how it happened was I do social media marketing on the side and branding and one of my clients was a a, a Christian rapper based in DC um, and I asked him, like, who are three brands that he follows that he likes with their aesthetics? And so one of them was Stellas. And so during that time frame, he posted his song, Higher, like a video of his uh, I'll take his you higher. higher. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And so I was like, wait, so he's a Christian rapper. He's cute, but he really, like, isn't a corny Christian rapper. Because, you know, there's some of them out there. No offense, everybody. Um, and so I was just like, okay, God, what do I do? And so... I never, let me just clarify, I never message anybody, okay? I usually was the one getting the DMs, but I never DMed anybody because I was humility and obedience. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I said to him, I noticed that he was, he lived in New York at the time I was living in um, the DMV area. And so I said, hey, you're dope. When are you performing in DC? That's it, right? Very tasteful. Great fan mode. <laughs> And he actually responded, and it happened to be that he was in D.C. that weekend, which is crazy. Sovereignty and right? action. Come yeah. on. So so at the time she messaged me, I was in D.C. at the moment for an event. So similar to her story, I never responded to DMs. <laughs> so she never said So women, women had, like, been DM, DMing you, messaging you? Not really. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't think I was. I wasn't really a person who would receive a lot of messages from women. But I was a person who was kind of like I said, same old school hat. If I was gonna get in, involved with someone, it was not gonna be through social <laughs> media. And and also, I felt like as a as a Christian artist, I've always been like. <laughs> There's so many scandals and things happening. So one of the wisdom things that I was, I was like, I'm not responding to any, any DM from a woman unless it's specifically about music, business. Like I can see there's a line right. where it's going. I just, it was just one of those things on my heart and I still do it to this day, like wisdom of just knowing everybody doesn't need a response from me. Um, so I think that's God in itself that she never sent DMs and I never responded. But this one time, the nature of her question fit that, you know, she was like, Hey, when will you be in DC performing? And that I'm was genuine. And it was and and I was in DC for an event. 
So I responded, but the funny thing was the weather was bad. So that event was canceled that day. So mm. I looked at it like this is a chance because I thought maybe she already knew about the event that I was there for, but that it got canceled. She, she needed information. So I responded like, hey, the event tonight is canceled. I'll let you know as soon as I know something else. But at the time I'm responding, you know, I'm at my friend's house. He's over my shoulder. We're watching the game. And he grabs my phone. He's like, yo, she's cute. Who is this? <laughs> oh, wait, she's got a mutual friend with my friend. What? Oh, snap. They got a picture together. I'm finna call my friend right now. So he, real not, he realized that Denya had a, a good friend with the girl he was talking to at the moment, which was really crazy. Wow. He hits up the girl that Denya's friend, uh, Denya's friend, and they instantly. They try to set up. They set up a double date, pretty much. For that evening. Yeah. Because the show was canceled and there was nothing going on, so yeah, they so set us up with a double date against my will. <laughs> I felt like I was a groupie, but I did want to meet him, and so we got to meet at Fridays. And Waldorf, Maryland. So it was like a bunch of us. Like well, it was like five of us. Yeah. Um. Then we got to know each other and like sat and ate. Um. And then he got my number that night. Okay. But then and we just became friends. Just friends. Basically, we would see each other when we were in town because you know I was in DC and he was in New York. But I mean, I think I I made it plain that I liked him. I felt like I honestly was pursuing him in a way, mm -hmm. because I would usually be the one to initiate conversation. I would be the one to, you know, text first or, you know, want to see him. And then he would be the one to put me on read receipts. <laughs> and I'm like, dang. But I would be so confused, though, because he would, like, text back flirty things or just say things that would make me think, okay, he's at least interested. And then we would hang out. And so we would have a great time. But then he would hit me with a text like, you know, I'm really having fun with you, but I just want to steward your heart in the right way. And in my head, I'm like, he is a scaredy cat. That's really what it wow. is. Wow. <laughs> and Marcella, so what are you thinking when you're sending those type of very kind of, I'm into you, but I don't want to be into you texts? Yeah, I really, I really loved the attention that she was giving me. And I loved having options. Yeah, and I loved having, I had this false idea that I had bought into that there was always potentially someone better. And that's one of the lies the enemy gives you. Wow. Keep you from actually stepping into commitment. Mm. So he, he feeds you this idea that don't commit just yet because you might meet someone else. So just be patient. And he'll disguise it with all this spiritual feeling of be patient be led, be, um, you know, the Lord will make it very clear to you. And I hid behind that, not realizing that it was actually the enemy and not God at all. It was the enemy making me so needy of options. And so I didn't want to commit to her, but I also didn't want to lose her because I liked the attention. And any time that a couple of days went by where she didn't text me, I'd have a panic attack. Wow. Be like, oh my gosh, she's moved on. You know, I need to get her back interested in me. So I text her again. 
say some more flirty things so that she'd text me again for another strength of time while I was still in my head, like, let me keep exploring. And so talk to me when that kind of came to a head. Hmm. Let me tell you. Yeah. So it was Legacy Conference in Chicago. It's like a discipleship conference. And I knew that he was going to be there, and which is funny because I was going to go anyways. So with uh, a couple of friends. And I made it a point during that time frame. So I had a mentor during that time. And she's, she's like a young married woman. And we sat down and I was like, yo, I really don't know what to do because I feel like this man is playing games with me. And I don't appreciate that. And so wow. she gave me advice and said, um, honestly, you need to talk to him like one-on-one and let him know like, like what you're feeling. And then also let him also know that you're not about to wait on him with these, with these games he's playing. So right. <laughs> I did, I told him, I was like, Hey, we really need to hang out. And so actually the night when we were supposed to hang out, he like invited other people. So I guess we wouldn't be alone. So I was a little upset about that. But then after that, I was like, no, I think it was like the night before the conference ended. I was like, no, we have to have a sit down. And so we went to what is Giordano's, mm-hmm. Giordano's, it was deep dish pizza. And it was just me and him. And basically we were just talking and chatting. And I really just put it up like out there. I was like, hey, I, I like you. I, I, <laughs> I think it's obvious that I do, I do like you. And I'm like, you know, what's up? Like what you, you were sending me these signals or communicating uh, that you have some type of interest, but you're not really pursuing me. What's going on? I just right. Out there, right. And so he responds with. I basically made another excuse. She, <laughs> when you, when you get it, when a woman confronts you and essentially what she really was saying do you like me too i like you do you like me too because mm-hmm. i can't tell and that was the most uncomfortable question because it makes you but it's a powerful question because it makes you really look at yourself in a, in a way i think that most men don't ever look at themselves in because her asking me that question made me realize if i don't like her um i care enough to not hurt her um, and two, if, if I do like her, then why am I not making a move? So those two things wow. made me realize a lot about myself. And one of the important things was it made me start wrestling with this idea of this is hurting her. I didn't know I was hurting her before that conversation. So her telling me that revealed to me that I was hurting her. I now was confronted with her feelings which made me as a Christian, which I think any man who has the Holy Spirit living inside of him, when a woman tells you you're hurting me, you're now like, ooh, (laughs) I don't want to continue this. I have to do something about this or I have to stop hurting her. So it put me in this place where I had to make a move and it started this journey of me figuring out what was happening in in my heart. That was when I started opening up to my roommates about about Dinya and the confrontation that she had brought to me. I, I remember sitting down on the couch and telling my roommate, yeah, she, she asked me if, why I don't like her. And he's like, yeah, why don't you? Wow. And then I'm like, man, we just too different. He's like, different how? <laughs> and I'm like, well, when she was in New York, 
she pulled her Bible out on the train. And, you know, I like a woman who has the word hidden in her heart because I felt like she was religious. What? Um, He's like, he's like, well, wow, that's something that can change. He was like, maybe she won't always have a huge Bible in her hand. Every time you guys go out, this is just one time. So then deal breaker, having your Bible out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So what, what that exchange right. showed me was every, everything I would give him as an excuse, he'd refute it, mm. which made me realize that I was running out of excuses. Wow. So it would jump to another one. He was like, yeah, but you know, what if she doesn't have her Bible out next time? Then is she better? And I'm like, maybe. He's like, so what else? I'm like, uh, we, have, we like different foods. He's like, well, you guys can eat different foods. And I'm like, running out of excuses and it started uncovering that I really just had a lot of bias in my heart about my own preferences and Mm -hmm. just a lot of other things. Wow. Yeah. So just to, just to let y'all know, cause Marcellus, you are Mm African-American and Denya, you are Filipino American. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they have different that was a big one for him because he always wanted to marry a black woman. And I think that was like your biggest excuse, right? Or your biggest reason why you didn't want to continue. Yeah. I yeah. think that was, that was my top, um, my top hindrance. Wow. So who were you guys actually looking for when you think about you were in that place where, Hey, I want to get married. Did you have something in mind? Um, I was looking for a woman that didn't exist. And I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that until I did this fast. Mm. I did a five day pray for your spouse challenge. And one of the difficult things about that fast was in the praying for my future spouse, I was praying for a woman that I didn't, a lot of the things I was praying for scared me because there was one particular day where you're praying for her past. You're praying for her past relationships and the people that she's been with that have hurt her and that she'll be healed by God. You're praying on another day that she loves God more than you and more than anybody else in her life. And so when you start praying these things, as you're praying, you're like, dang, God, but this might mean that I'm praying for a woman who's been through some trauma. This might mean, so then it's like God was real revealing to me during those prayers. Exactly. You're praying for someone that I have for you and not someone that you can put in front of yourself. That's the beauty of prayer, man. And what about you, Denya? Who are you looking for? My list was simple. I just wanted a man that loved the Lord more than he would love me. I really didn't have a preference at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I think I really, what was really important to me was the ministry part. Like, I really wanted somebody who just fulfilled the call that God had on their lives. And so I think that's what really made me attracted to Celis is because it's like he knew his purpose. I wanted, like, a man with a vision, like a man with goals. Yeah. Um, also a man that was family-oriented. So now that you all are dating... Were there any value conflicts that came up that y'all had to walk through? Yes. I wasn't aware of the like deep black cultural issues, to be honest. Because my mom, she's she's married to black men. I have a, a half black sister, you know. Mm. So 
I think there was this, I could think of this one specific time where we were talking about some, some issues that were going on in, in the States. And then Celis mentioned that he has done like protests before or boycotting or something like that. And me still being like a baby in the face, I was just so unaware and ignorant to this. And I would just say something like, well, I would never protest or I would never boycott or I, um, what happened? I, I just, you know, I just pray and then, God yeah. Something. But then, like, I really loved how Celis really opened my eyes and said, but as Christians, we are the ones that should be leading those because a lot of these end up in violence. And then he also said, yeah, we can pray, but God also uses us to pursue action in those things. And I think that was just such a, because I, I think we got into a real big argument about that specifically. Yeah. And you just reminded me, wow, babe, I had forgot, <laughs> forgot about, about that? this. Yeah, that was- <laughs> I went to Howard. So, um, and that was another thing, like she, she had dated other black guys before, but you know, when you go to Howard, when you're mm-hmm. educated about, it's just another level of awareness that yeah. I think. It, we were, we were, we, we, we understood. And, and then even before Howard, the family I come from, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I remember just, it's just, it's embedded. It's, it's how I was raised. My parents would not let me be ignorant to what this world, how this world saw me. Um, mm-hmm. So just early on dating, some of our early conflicts were, were, teaching moments but also moments of us learning what our life together would mean merging because it was like okay we're both christians we love god jesus you know bonded together all the cultural and racial differences but there are some practical things we're going to have to deal with being together with different races so it was like we had to come up with we had to talk about certain things that you know Dinya didn't feel like were worth her time i was like there's no way this is Mm. extremely important to me and if you're going to be with me this affects you as well and so if you say you love me and these things affect my life every day just because you don't see how it affects your life Mm -hmm. you have now to stand up for this as well because you claim to love me so it was it was this it was this growing, um, this growing bond of values that I think was powerful because for me, it was, it was important to, to see that she was receptive to that. She was receptive to saying, I love you enough to understand how important this is, that this will become important to me. And that was really attractive to me. But then it also was powerful for, especially with her being a baby Christian, for her seeing the merger of how the gospel actually calls us to live lives that promote justice as well. So it was a twofold blessing for both of us. Interesting. um, That's dope. And so question, like, I guess what gave you, if you can just quickly share this, what gave you that green light to keep moving forward and for that not to be a deal breaker? It was definitely her posture because we had some arguments that ended in tears Mm. and ended in, I remember one day, one of the most difficult things for me to hear that she shared was when she she told me, you know, I'm afraid to talk to you about some some ideologies or even ideas that I have that I don't know if they're right or wrong because I'm wow. afraid you may reject me. Um, 
And as scary as it was for her to share that with me, it was very comforting for me to know that she was that open and vulnerable with me to know, hey, I know there's things that I'm going to have to learn and I'm willing to listen and learn. And I think any time that you're in a relationship that's interracial, um, humility and the willingness to learn is extremely necessary. The, one of the biggest signs Proverbs speaks about of a fool is a person who thinks they're already wise. Exactly. So the, the fact that she was honest enough to say, hey, I don't understand a lot of these things, and, but I'm willing to yeah. follow your lead and learn because it's important to you, which means I will make it important exactly. to me. And that meant so much to me. That's dope, y'all. And so I love that because that, that is the beginning of intimacy, being able to really be vulnerable. Like, I know my bestest friend, like, man, like, it's the person I can ask for money. <laughs> it's the yeah. person, you know what I'm saying? You mentioned just the power of confessing and being vulnerable, too, brought us very close together. I think another thing is we were also long distance for a little bit right and so that that helped a lot but when we saw each other it would be a little you know the heat would come right because it's like oh i missed you i haven't seen you in right yeah (laughs) but we definitely placed some boundaries even when i moved here to new york of course we didn't live together before we were married you know i lived with roommates but we could talk a little bit about that yeah we lived in we had roommates we we um we didn't stay in closed spaces by ourselves. You know, if she came over, my roommates were there. If I came over, her roommates were there. Um, we didn't stay over each other's apartments late. Like we just respected certain practical things that we knew would help us. And then we made it a point. I think one of the best things anyone can do when dating someone is to learn together because learning, I feel like encompasses all of the areas of intimacy. Like as your mind is learning and comprehending new things and you're asking questions back and forth and you're saying, what did you think about this? What'd you get? You start learning things about the way a person processes. So us reading books together and talking about God together formed a huge intimacy between us talk if you if you can talk about god and pray together you're on the way to forming a huge bond with anyone so true and then so of course like we're physically attracted to each other right and And you guys uh, have healthy sex is a good thing right but it's also a god thing so we knew like we were very committed to waiting till um till marriage so when we got engaged though it got real hot you know because it's all like well you about to be mine anyways right right (laughs) um so we actually had to make it a point where we wouldn't even go to each other's apartment yeah we were sitting outside during engagement a lot (laughs) of our dates were outside because (laughs) we just had to get protect ourselves (laughs) by mosquitoes and everything shivering in the cold we tried to like read books while you know (laughs) outside in the park and because and then we also had healthy accountability. We actually had a couple, a married couple from our church, mm-hmm. and we would always confess to them if something, you know, went down. Like, oh, we definitely kissed too long, or, you know, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I was touching her butt. Right. And, <laughs> you know, and then they, they would be rebu- honest. They would rebuke us, and then they wow. would, they would uh, not only do that, but they were really hard on us. Mm-hmm. And remind us, like, That's good. you guys 
are going to ruin yeah. what God has for exactly. you. Like there's a gift and you're getting close to the gift, right. but so you close. will spoil this yeah. and, wow. ruin it. and don't cheat yourself. And right. they were really, really hard on us. And we needed that. Yeah. That's beautiful. And so again, just our culture, I know that especially for Christians who, you know, these may be some new concepts for you're listening, or even if, you know, you're, you're listening and you're skeptic, skeptical about Christianity, this may seem like a whole new concept to hear. Um, because I believe that our culture really is a sex is God culture, yeah. right? So it's like, whoa, why would two people who love each other and have this perfectly healthy, good desire to have sex not act on that? Yeah. So like, what is your why? Why did you choose to make that decision? Um, I think we chose to make that decision together because we know that um, sex outside of its timing, I believe it does stop you from seeing a person for who they really are. Mm. I think one of the things about sex is, is that before, you, before you've had sex with a person, your basis of who they are is by what they say and what they do. Um, and after you've had sex with a person, there's another layer of what you judge them by. And when sex is done improper timing, your judgment is off because it's no longer just what they say and what they do, but now it's, oh, I'm not sure if what they say and what they do lines up with my values, but the sex felt great. So mm -hmm. I'm compromising on what they say and what they do because the sex feels good. So a lot of people right. end up with people that they're like, wow, who is this person? <laughs> but it's because they got clouded and they yeah. started when the person started showing that they were rude and actually didn't have the Holy Spirit living in them and started snapping on you. You were like, this is scary, but the sex is good. So I'm going to ignore that. So I think it, for us, we didn't do it because we wanted to make sure we really saw who we were getting involved mm -hmm. with. Like we didn't want no surprises just because we were intimate. That's really good. And so now that you are seeing what each other says and what they do and really get it learning together, growing, I guess, how soon after dating did you kind of decide Marcellus, then you're like, yo, I'm going to marry this person and we should get married. It didn't even take long. What, like a few months? Right? Didn't take long. Um, because I, when we were dating, I think like three months in or something, um, Marcellus was telling me that, you know, this is, I'm here for the long run, right? Pretty much like this. And I don't believe in divorce. So I was like, like, as he was telling me these things, I was like, why is he telling me these things? We're not even engaged. But from the jump, he just set that, you know, that, um, what do you call it? Standard or yeah. um, vision expectation. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, okay. So, and I think because of, of course, um, like our, who God is and who God is in our lives, we I think we both were very intentional with knowing and understanding that we're not in in this relationship to waste each other's time. Like the end goal is to be married and right to be fruitful. So we both had a, it's really crazy because we both had an understanding of that when we first got into a relationship without even saying it. It was understood. Yeah. And because at this point, how long did you know each other? Like what? before we started dating or yeah just in totality oh before before we knew we were gonna this was gonna lead to marriage 
like before, like just know each other as a as a human. How long did you guys just know each other at this point? Maybe, maybe eight months. Yeah. The the day I knew that I was gonna marry Denya was the first day I told her I loved her. Mm-hmm. And the first day I told her I loved her, number one, love is such a strong word. I my whole life I've been like this. I didn't tell anyone, any woman I loved her. Um I never did that. Mm-hmm. I never told a woman I loved her. Um, yeah. And so the moment I told Denya I loved her was me saying, you know, I'm was me, even though I wasn't saying it to her, but in my mind, it was it clicking to me, I'm going to marry you. But I said that after she finally felt safe with me. Mm-hmm. Now, this we live in a culture now where it's like, you have to, and this is why being led by the Holy Spirit is so key, because I was, as we were dating, you know, I would always, we would ask questions about each other's past and each other's life and who we were and our story. Um, And as you're getting to know someone, we live in a culture today that only wants to tell people, present yourself the best, Mm -hmm. the best way for that person. Um, And so as we, um, as we were dating, I would kind of more and more reveal who I was to her using wisdom, reveal it more and more. And she would reveal more and more of who she was. And then there was a day where specifically I said, Hey, in a couple, in a couple days, I want you to continue to pray, but I want us to talk about some difficult things about our past that we haven't shared about each other down. And I want us to be completely honest about who we both are outside of this dating glamour, trying to look great. But I gave her, I told her, I said, I want you to take time and pray about it. I gave her the space to feel safe, to get her mind right in her heart with God about opening herself up to me in a deep way. And one thing I knew was that, you know, if someone feels safe with you and if someone feels like they no longer have to hide who they are, they took a huge risk. Yeah. And that risk also shows their commitment to you because no one's no one's vulnerable with someone that they're not committed to so when she responded to my vulnerability with extreme vulnerability in her way I responded with I love you and she cried (laughs) because it was like as you're revealing something the dirtiness dirtiness of who you are just your life story and how God's changed you and you're having that really difficult conversation with someone who's so far just knowing you as hey this fashionable woman she sing on a worship team but as you're revealing those layers and they respond with wow i love you and beautiful that's gospel and so one of the things that i love one of the things that the lord spoke to me was just talking to me about purpose and why just we as humans were created so i'm reading genesis and i see wow like i'm created to reflect god and then even when you see the man and the woman, how they come together to reflect God. Like when I read that in Genesis, I was so convicted in just a new way. Cause of course, before I was like, oh, I'm not really attracted to men who don't know the Lord in like a romantic way. Like that's just not an attraction to me. So it's nothing I get, I've gotten caught up in, but it was a new conviction that I was like, oh my gosh, my purpose is to reflect God. I have to be with a man who is a believer. Cause I have, that is what I'm made for. I'm made to reflect God. 
because I can't get married and then not reflect God. And so that's caused me, I know how you guys feel about lists, <laughs> to just have understanding a deeper part of my purpose, being surrounded by Jesus, justice, black wealth. I want to carry out those assignments. And I know that in some way, shape or form, or form the man I'm with, there has to be some complementariness to that because I know that's how God has called me to reflect him. So kind of going to you all, how do you see your purposes complementing each other so that you together do a crazy, amazing job at reflecting Jesus? Um, we're both very passionate about media and its positive and negative effects on people. And so even though we're existing in media in different worlds, we're both tackling the same industry together. And I think, I think kind of like what I hear you saying is you're looking for someone who matches the industry God has called you to. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if, if I was doing media and I can't think of anything off the top, but if you were doing something like that was- Like global mission, like what if I was supposed to be like a missionary in Colombia or something? Yeah, that like wouldn't work. It, it wouldn't work no <laughs> matter how much no matter how much we were, yeah, Jesus has brought us together with unity. Right. We, I would have to sacrifice my God-given right. purpose or, or you would I have would. to sacrifice yours. Exactly. And therefore, neither one of us will be walking in effectively. Right. So, yeah. And so now that you all are married, like, what do you do to create a thriving, abundant, Jesus-glorifying marriage? Um we do daily affirmations affirming each other um marriage heals you in ways that no other relationship can mm. so there have been things that have been said to every human being on this earth lies that have been said to them from people close to them we affirm each other every day um and, and remind each other of what god thinks of us mm -hmm. we um we pray together we read together um we have sex we Amen. fast together. Um, we challenge each other too. We challenge and we argue and fight. And that yeah, is, I think, so the way that you stay thriving mm -hmm. as well. Because what we learn in counseling is that the couples that fail are the ones that actually avoid conflict mm -hmm. and they let it build up. Wow. You actually fight well. And if I have a problem with something, I address it to her. Instead of bottling it up and being afraid that she might be offended if I take it to her. Yeah. So we just, we argue and. Um, we yeah. also confess too. So yeah. for example, if one of us has like a lustful eye one day, like we, we know that we create a safe space with each other where we won't judge one another. But in that we receive that vulnerability and say, man, like, let me affirm you or let me pray with you about that. Cause, you know we're still not perfect right yeah. we confess all of our yeah and um yeah that's what's up and then what do you love about the other oh my gosh what don't i love about you <laughs> <laughs> i think the the number one thing is i love how wise marcellus is like he is just like a, a book or like you know an encyclopedia or something because he he's he's just really really wise not i mean not even just spiritually wise but also practically yeah i'm learning so much about him and it seems like he's like way older than me but he's only like a year older than me <laughs> <laughs> but i love how how he speaks and he speaks with confidence too and 
I also love how he really doesn't care what people think of him. And I, yeah. I value that because I once struggled with people pleasing or caring about what people thought about me. And it may be like a cultural thing, but I really do love how he's so led by the Lord. And even when things don't seem like they're from the Lord, like AKA cursing in a fight he is and how he challenges me in the areas he knows that I can go further. Like he pushes me to, because he knows that I have more, um, more in me, whether that's at the gym, <laughs> whether that's me doing work stuff or me like doing a fast. And he's just a really, and he's a really great encourager. I love that you um, support people, not just me. Like if somebody has a concert coming up, he's like, babe, I want to go to so-and-so's concert. I need to support him. And I'm like, let's do it. It's like, <laughs> it's so hard that's to awesome. find people that are genuine and want to support other people. So that's what I love about you, babe. Thank you, babe. Thank you, you are for that. good. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel great. I love that you are extremely yielding to the Holy Spirit. And the reason that's so attractive to me is because you make me feel the weight of my leadership, but also the um, appreciation of it. Because like what you said, when I push you, when I push you to do things that you are opposed to or that are difficult, mm -hmm. when you first respond, you know, ain't no way, <laughs> I ain't listening to you, you yeah. know, there's nothing more attractive than a woman who will take her opinions to God and then come back not all the time because sometimes it's and that's what how marriage works sometimes it's me coming back and going you know actually I was wrong but what I do love is that she takes all of her opinions frustrations to God and then comes back and goes okay babe I'll trust you we'll try it and I'm uncomfortable but you're the leader and I think that is so beautiful because we live in a society where people have twisted that and made it seem like that's weakness. But Jesus, right. Jesus modeled like submission, submission and it's hard to do. And yeah. um, it's really amazing because I be feeling the tension head on <laughs> and then I'll see her come out of the prayer closet like, okay, okay, babe, that's what we doing. Yeah. So. I love it. All right, y'all. So we're about to just jump into some Spitfire Q&A. You guys just give some quick answers. Boom to the point right after I say it. All right. Okay. Here we go. Looking back, I wish someone told me that marriage was not the goal. <laughs> no, that's good. Told me that I don't need sex. I'm okay without sex. Come on. Singleness is a good thing because it allows you to figure out your purpose in God. Because you have no distractions. Facts. Ma <laughs> Marriage is a good thing because you have a partner to help you serve your purpose. And so beauty is 
beauty is seeing someone the way God sees them from the heart. Bars. The weirdest thing about Christian dating is. Lord. <laughs> the weirdest thing about Christian dating is the fear that if you talk to them one time, you've got to get married. Yes, that's facts. Oh my God. No, I'm sorry. So, Denya, did you care about how much money he made? No, not at all. Marcellus, did you care about how much money you made? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Expound real quick. Every man is self-conscious about their ability to be the provider, quote unquote. Um, and every man struggles because of our Western society with this mm. value being attached to how much money they make. So how does a single man wanting to be married renew his mind in that area? Um, by learning that his value is not in how much money he makes. That's what's up. What do you want men to know? men to know that y'all need to step up and stop playing these games and pursue these godly women that are still out here single and saved <laughs> please that's yeah. that's the message and I want, <laughs> message that's the message i want men to know that they are ruining society because yeah. Tell them, these problems that they're I'm fighting saying. for are because the home is failing and the home is failing because men aren't pursuing women and everything starts there so yeah we are ruining society well all right let's chew on that for a little bit <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let y'all keep chewing on that. What do you want women to know? I want women to know that pursuing a man is not completely off limits. I want women to know that your value is not in your social media likes or the men that pursue you. It's in the one who sees you as beautiful, as perfect, as righteous. As I want you to know that your value comes from the man who died on the cross for you. I love that. I love that, Denya. Because I needed to know that myself. Yeah, same, same. I went through a whole thing of insecurity around beauty and God had to show me. He was like, Nana, does, is my word final on this issue or not? Yeah. Mm. Woo. Ladies, you're beautiful because God says so. Amen. He made you to be. Yeah. And he primarily always talks about character. Exactly. And just to caveat that, Naomi did say, get some good perfume and some yeah. good clothes on too. <laughs> that was a mother, man. She was like, you lo your loyalty is what's up, but you gotta put on your perfume and your clothes too. <laughs> <laughs> but Marcellus, I know that people listening to what you just said are like, what you mean? Mm -hmm. 
I think that women throughout history have always been the only force that got men to move. And I think in the dating world, it's no different. I think the same way that Dinya forced me to see her value by confronting me about it head on, she allowed me to walk down a path that I never would have walked down if I wasn't confronted. And I believe women, um, if men are not seeing your value, I believe there's nothing wrong with telling a man to see it. Mm. So submission is? Submission is loving the other person enough to sacrifice your desires. Submission is not for the weak, but for the strong. Hmm, that's good. Marriage isn't God because? Marriage isn't God because God was single. Okay, okay. Marriage isn't God because marriage doesn't complete me like God does. Y'all got some. Y'all, you're a rapper, Dania. That was a crazy bar, wasn't it? Sheesh. That was, woo! Come on. Sex is? Healing in marriage, but destroying in singleness. So good. Sex is a God thing, and it's worship, pure worship. Amen. Love is sacrificial. Love is a choice. Respect is respect is making the other person always look the way God sees them. Wow. Amen. That's good. And then God is God is everything from my father to my provider to my healer to my husband to just my keeper. That's who he is. God is my forever spouse. Wow. Thank you guys. And then is there anything else that you want to share with the single, the married Christians or even folks who aren't Christian who are listening to this and looking for a good thing? Last thing I would share is whatever you're looking for, you will only find it in God and God will show you everything that you want. And he desires to give you everything you want, but he won't give it to you if you go outside of him to get it. And so obviously you guys are some incredible, incredible power couple. If people want to get in contact with you, 
follow your music, get, get in touch, how can they do so? You can find me everywhere online at sellushamilton.com. And together we have... We actually have started a new podcast. Nice. Uh, sharing some marriage tips. So you can find us at To Our Life. So it's the number two and then Our Life. And on Instagram, it's To Our Life underscore. Beautiful. So I will put that in the show notes. Thank you all so much. And you just got married again, March of this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. March 2019 will forever be encapsulated in history. <laughs> the Hamiltons yep. were birthed. So love you guys. Thank you so much for your time. And let's close in prayer. Y'all want to pray for us? Yeah. Quick prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Father, just thank you so, so much, first of all, for who you are, that you are a good God and that you are a good father, and that every good thing comes from you, God. Whether that's um, the seasons that we're in, the spouses that we have, just everything, Lord God, comes from you, Lord. Um, Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for Nana, and thank you so much for her heart, Lord God, for you, and for um, the people that are in here trying to find a good thing or be a good thing. And so I just pray, God, that anybody that's listening to this podcast will first listen to you, Lord God, and to have discernment and to get wisdom from you, God, because you don't withhold wisdom. And I just pray, Lord God, that um, in whatever season anybody's in, whether they're single or married or even pursuing somebody, I just pray, God, that they'll always keep you first, Lord God. And I just pray that we can continue to reflect who you are, because that is what you made us to be in your image, Lord God. So we pray that this podcast will reach the masses, masses, and I just thank you so much for this opportunity and just bless everybody who is listening. We love you, God, and it's in your precious name we pray.